From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, fam? Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. Today, we're going out to the beautiful Pacific Northwest to chat with Jason from Lake Taps Landscaping. He's in his truck on Bluetooth. Are you there, Jason? Yeah. How's it going, Paul? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Friend of the show. Good to have you back. And uh, before we get into the update of how your season's going out there, I want to thank today's show sponsors. Do you know who our show sponsors are, Jason? Uh, yeah, it's that, uh, the commercial irrigation company. Yes. With the- <laughs> okay. Really a friend of the show. Smart Rain. We appreciate Smart, Smart Rain. Rain. There you go. Yeah. Smart Rain sponsoring today's episode. And we are uh, kicking off a new campaign for Gulf Coast Bookkeeping. My personal bookkeepers, Megan and Joey, they're the best in the biz. They uh, help me have the highest profit margin as possible. And uh, I really appreciate them. And uh, if you guys are looking for a bookkeeper in your business, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, and if you're looking to save $800 on your um, irrigation system controller, check out Smart Rain. Links in the description of the show notes. All right. Jason, what's going on, my man? Not much. It's been a, uh, a great start to my first full spring. Uh, the, the weather out here in the Northwest, Last week and the week before was in the mid to upper 70s, low 80s. Nice. Um, which is uh, not typical of this time of year. We finally got the rain that moved in uh, this weekend. But yeah, it, it felt like we just skipped spring this year and went straight to summer. It's been so nice. That is awesome. And for the guys who might not be familiar with your story, Jason used to work at Enterprise, correct? That's right. Yep. And then you. Uh, basically last year was your first year in business, but you didn't have a whole calendar year in your business. So this is kind of like the first season where you're coming out of the gate with a singular focus, got your ducks in order and are trying to, you know, yep. build uh, a good salary uh, this year. That's right. It's actually uh, one year ago um, this week where I actually got laid off of uh enterprise because of the pandemic uh, and so uh last year i spent the first uh few weeks trying to figure out what i wanted to do i went through uh my resume building like redid everything got on linkedin updated everything sent out applications uh for different um outside sales positions and um nothing really uh seemed like it was going to make me very happy. It was just like, once you lose a job, you got to find a job, right? That's the mentality that you have. Um, you got to get, get yourself back on your feet so you can um, continue to pay the bills. Um, and the few weeks that I had there um, doing that resume stuff and, and kind of just working out in my yard, trying to think of what I wanted to do. Um, my wife pointed out that uh, the 
the moments where I have the most clarity and have the the um, the happiest uh, mentality is the the days where I just get spent all day out in the yard um, doing yard work. Say, so, well, why don't you see if you can find a, a way to make that into a business? Mm. And so we went uh, we went online and figured out how to file um, LLC paperwork and and uh, came up with a name, Lake Tap Landscaping, which is the city we live in, uh, Lake Tap. Yeah, and, uh, and you you didn't even listen you didn't even listen to my podcast to figure out that's an excellent name for a business. Right. Yeah. At that point, I didn't even know that uh, Green Industry Podcasts in general existed. Yeah, but I, I mean, that's a, that, and for guys who are just, we get new listeners every single episode. It's pretty cool uh, the traction that the podcast community is getting, not just my show, but my buddy Brian Fullerton and Caleb Allman and, and Naylor Taliferro. We're mm-hmm. all in the Mr. Producer Originals. And it's it's cool that guys are listening, but I share that if you're starting a business, don't name it, you know, Chuck in the Truck or Rick's, Rick's Mowing because right. one, one day you might want to sell your business and Lake Taps Landscaping, that's very valuable because somebody else could buy it and just keep it going. And uh, right. if, if it was Jason's mowing and landscape, then if you sell it, then people are going to be like, where's Jason? Where's sweet little Jason? You know, so you uh, you at right. least started off right with the name. That's that's impressive because you didn't really know what you're doing and you just made a great choice. No, and yeah, and I'll have to uh, thank my wife for that because the uh, the name that I was batting around at the at the beginning um, was like Native Landscape Design. Um, me being uh, Native American, uh, I wanted something uh, regarding my heritage incorporated into the name, and so I was batting that around like Native Landscape Design. And she said, "No, nobody's gonna be able to find you on Google or know what you're gonna do." So she's like, "Why don't you just call it Lake Tap Landscaping?" I was like, "Well, that sounds pretty good. Let's go with that." Yeah, because so, with the uh, SEO, yeah. people people type in, you know, lawn care in, you know, or landscaping in and fill in the name of the, the city or area. And right. So you're, you're already uh, a step ahead of the game with uh, future SEO. That stuff doesn't happen overnight, but you're in good shape with that. So then share share a little bit about, um, we'll, we'll bring it up to speed to this year in a little bit, but I want to kind of go back to last year for guys who are not acquainted with your story. How did you acquire customers and equipment and get started from, you know, doing the enterprise to starting your business? How did you get the customers and equipment? Yeah. So the uh, first thing that uh, uh, we did was, um, I say we, my wife uh, had a lot to do to, to help me and the, the back end stuff. She helped design the logo um, and the artistic stuff. And then um, she uh, also wrote my uh, letter. Um, I gave her the ideas I wanted in it, and she, she's a really good writer. So she wrote a, uh, a Word document. It was just outlining my background and how um, the pandemic uh, caused me to lose my position uh, enterprise. And so um, I was starting this landscaping business. And so we printed out, uh, I think, 150 uh, of these docks and we walked around our neighborhood, canvassed every house and in, in the neighborhood I live in and then uh, a neighboring neighborhood. And before we, we finished, um, that day, I had already had four phone calls from my neighbors who were wanting, um, an estimate on various services. And I had no idea what the price things at. I had no idea, um, 
what to uh, or how long things take. Um, and so the the first one uh, that I got, um, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but he was um, he's a state patrolman, and I he had just gotten home from work, and I had skipped his house because I didn't want to bother him. He was still parking his car and like gathering his things. Um, and he watched me walk by and he saw that I had flyers in my hand. So he went over to the neighbor's house, grabbed the flyer, read it, and then contacted me off the neighbor's flyer that I handed out. <laughs> he's like, so why'd cool. you skip me? Yeah. He's like, why, why'd you skip me? Uh, I, I need an estimate. So then I went over there and he became my first customer. And he's like, uh, the, what sold me on you is that you had your, your daughter and your, your wife supporting you as you were walking around handing out these flyers. I was like, well, I, I really appreciate that. And I, I thank you for the business. And I took the, the check from that, um, uh, from that, uh, first service there. And I went and bought my lawnmower and a couple, uh, garden tools to help get me through uh, until the next job. And, um, the, with enterprise, uh, since I'd been there for, um, five years, um, based on the circumstances, they, uh, provided me a, a nice, um, severance package. And so I used that to go and, uh, purchase, uh, my truck and, and some of the bigger, uh, startup equipment. Uh, so basically the first, first whole season, everything that I was earning, uh, from the various jobs, I was just putting straight back into the business so that I could have enough equipment uh, to get more efficient, um, take on bigger properties. Uh, the, the long-term plan for my business has, has always been just to uh, maximize my ability as a solo operator. I haven't really had uh, ambitions to really grow it uh, larger than what I can handle on my own. Um, that might change in the future, but when I first started uh, thinking about um, putting together this landscaping company. I just wanted something that would provide me uh, the ability to work outside, enjoy what I'm doing on a daily basis, and uh, not have to stress about having employees calling out sick or um, equipment breaking down on different job sites that I'm not able to uh, be there and, and help sort through those issues. So, um, the bigger companies are great with more profits, but there's also more headaches uh, that come with that. Stuff. Yeah, I was just watching Johnny Blades of Grass. He's uh, from, I think, Savannah, Georgia on the YouTube. And he was talking about how guys are like, well, just just add another crew, just add another employee. And he's like, you, you make it sound so yeah. easy. It's just there's so many uh, consequences and responsibilities that go with growing and growing. And if you actually can be content with the solo uh, life. We had Johnny Moe speaking. Of all these Johnnies. This is a different Johnny. Johnny Moe from Pennsylvania on the show, and he's solo and proud. He's he's doing it um, just by himself now. He used to run a crew or two, and uh, he just found mm-hmm. that his profit margins are by far the highest when you're solo. It's it's a sweet spot if you're content with it because you don't have the biggest expense that most landscape or all landscaping and lawn care companies have, and that's labor. And so. You don't mm-hmm. have that going out. So I, I think that uh, it's cool that you're starting without the peer pressure of the community where there's this uh, unhealthy pressure 
to grow and have more and have more employees and more accounts. And, you know, guys ask the question of well, what's your revenue and, you know, how many got, how many crews you got? And all these questions are just like toxic. Cause it's like, wait a minute, you could actually make a good salary for yourself working solo. You don't have to just grow, grow, grow and, and have all those problems that's attached to it. So don't, don't let the, don't let the people uh, corrupt you, Jason. If, if you feel like you want to be solo, just, enjoy the profit margins and the um, less stress and headaches of, you know, having to have deal with other people as uh, laborers. Right. And you hear about the, the stories like from Mitchell Gordy, right? He had uh, uh, several employees and he decided it was too much stress. And so he downsized to be a solo operator. Uh, and then uh, I, the names, uh, uh, I forgot the name right now, but he's up in Vancouver near me. Julio Tome. Yeah. He's a solo operator. Yeah. And shout out. He's got a podcast too. Lawn care business success podcast with uh, Julio Tome. He's, he's rolling solo as well. I think Clover Cleaf or Clover Leaf or something like that. Lawn care uh, on the other side of the border there. Well, let's do this, Jason. I want to hear where you're at now and uh, what, you know, what's going on now that you are full time that you do, have, you know, hopefully more customers than you did last year at this time with your, your marketing campaigns and uh, just hear where things are at and uh, how things have started off for the season. Cause there's so many folks that are listening to my show and who are, who actually have had similar situations where they were let go from their job because of the pandemic and saw that this is a opportunity where it's very low entry. You, you don't have to invest $50,000. You could, but you don't have to invest fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. Or I shared the other day about the guy who's starting a car wash, and I think it's like two million dollars or one point five million dollars just to get it started. And uh, obviously, with lawn care, you, you can do it on a shoestring budget, and then you're turning a profit very quickly. So, I want to hear more of uh, Jason's story uh, after we hear from today's show sponsors. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying, no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com do you want to cut your property water utility cost by 30 to 50 percent Smart Rain's commercial smart irrigation controller is one of the most sophisticated and technically advanced controllers on the market today. Smart Rain's smart controller comes with a 7-inch display, standard 48 zones, the most intuitive mobile app in the industry, Google Maps integration, and a lifetime warranty. 
Smart Rain helps commercial properties save time, money, and water with smart irrigation systems. Go to smartrain.net or talk to us at 877-346-3333. That's 877-346-3333. To take advantage of our preseason sale, mention podcast to get $800 off each controller. Hi, friends. Paul here to share with you about the ever-popular rate increase letter. This is what everyone is raving about. The rate increase letter is a solution for business owners who want to professionally communicate with their clients that their rate will soon be increasing. This downloadable template is easy to customize and provides clear messaging so that your customers understand the details of their transition to the new higher rate. The rate increase letter is available at greenindustrypodcast.com. Again, that's greenindustrypodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Once again, here's Paul Jamison. All right, friends, we are back with Jason from Lake Taps Landscaping out in the lovely Pacific Northwest. I've never been there. I've seen the pictures and uh, it looks awesome, man. The little mountain thing in your your behind your uh, yards, it, it looks beautiful out there. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Mount Rainier. Okay. It's the... Uh, that's uh, one of the biggest mountains in the, the Pacific Rim. Wow. I'm not sure if it's the biggest or or one of the one of the largest. But how yeah. many how the, many feet the whole, is it? Uh, uh fourteen thousand feet. Fourteen, fifteen thousand feet. Whoa, yeah. The mountain yeah. the mountain in my backyard is the Appalachian Mountains, and those are between I think two and four thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Mount Rainier is uh, huge. It's a, it's a, considered an active volcano. Um, so there's, uh, near my, uh, the city that I live in, I'm on top of the valley, but down below, as you're driving through town, they have, uh, signs posted around town that say, uh, volcano eruption evacuation routes. Wow. When's the last time you had to evacuate? Oh, we haven't had to evacuate. The uh, Mount Rainier hasn't erupted in over 100 years, so they're expecting that it's due, but uh, who knows. And then um, Mount St. Helens was the last one that erupted, but that erupted uh, right before I was born, back in the mid-'80s. So, yeah, the volcanoes around here, they're they're no joke. Yeah, well, Mr. Producer is always laughing at my geography, so – as as we're now we have 400 <laughs> episodes under our belt um learning more and more about the United States of America so thanks for the yeah. education so Jason I know there's a lot of guys that they're listening and be like man this guy's in pretty similar situation to me as so many folks are in their first full season this year so give us a little um update yeah so uh the off season uh was kind of scary um this first off season because you don't have that uh, or i didn't have a real big base to kind of uh rely on uh for different off season projects like the the pruning and the uh leaf cleanups so uh it was it was kind of a barren landscape for me during uh december and into january and so i got i was getting really nervous and then i had um one customer move into uh, my neighborhood, actually, and uh, she turned out to be uh, a real big blessing because she wanted like a whole new yard uh, 
sun up. Um, and so I spent a couple weeks working on her project and it uh, ended up paying really well. It got me through January. And then in February, uh, I took my uh, postcards that I had uh, left over from the first season. And I spent uh, my February handing out postcards um, all around Lakeland Hills, uh, which is kind of the suburb. Now, that, is, your, um, uh, is your postcard different from the Word doc you printed out? Are those two separate marketing uh, pieces of material? Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the Word doc I only used the one time. Um, and then after that, uh, just to be more professional, I created these uh, postcards with the help of my wife because she does all the art stuff. She's like my art director. Um, and so we created this uh, postcard. So on one side, it has the logo, the uh, company name, and uh, kind of the slogans like uh, family owned or locally owned and um, operated. So uh, they know that it's a, a smaller company, um, but I wanted it still to look professional. And on the back, it has all the, the services that I offer with my phone number and big bold letters. So uh, it's where'd, a nice. Uh, where'd you get those? Um, where'd you get those printed at? Uh, off of Vistaprint. Okay, and they mailed them to your house or the postcard? Yeah, I just I ordered a thousand of them and then have them mail them to me. And then I hand deliver them to the houses that I wanted to target. And so you just in Vistaprint, you just have to make sure like the, your file size matches with with the file. Does it give you like parameters and stuff? Oh uh, well, yeah. So my uh, wife designed it in their program. Oh, on I got you, got you. So it it was gonna uh, fit based on their uh, design program. So um, that that made it a little bit easier as far as like. Uh, Size-wise. Got you. And Fullerton, if he's listening, he's just he's just wanting to give a uh, plug to his website, LaunchPreneurAcademy.com. So I'll do it for you, buddy. He makes postcards. Oh, he, yeah. he has these postcard templates and uh, he has a whole system. So there you go, Brian. He's probably listening, thinking, if I could just interject right now, LaunchPreneurAcademy.com, get your postcards right. there. there. There you go, Fullerton. Um <laughs> So yeah, he has uh, like 16, 17 designs now up there. So, yeah, he's yeah, got he's got I've them. Looked at them. They're they're good. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I actually just posted on my Instagram this morning. Door hangers versus postcards. It was fifty one percent door hangers won by one mm-hmm. percent to forty nine percent postcards. So when you're walking through your neighborhood, do you put them like in the door? You do walk up their driveway, go to the front door, and kind of like jam it in the door. Cause it's so thin or yep. like, how? okay. And no, yep. no one yeah. ever yelled, so, no one's ever yelled at you or anything. Uh, uh-uh. and, uh, a lot of the customers do have that, uh, that camera, uh, doorbell. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I'm ever going to go out marketing, I make sure that uh, I'm wearing my full uniform. So I have my hat with my logo. I have my shirt that has the logo visible. Uh, tucked in with the, the nice pants. So when I'm walking up, I, I don't look like I chuck in the truck. Some, uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, if they do happen to see me on the camera, um, they figure I'm just out there trying to market or sell something and, uh, they just let me be, I don't knock on the door or anything. Cause a lot of people are working from home right now and right. you don't want to disrupt so you, the you important just meeting. So kind of a dove above the doorknob. 
you just slide the postcard in and it gets stuck. And so that they'll, they'll more than likely see it. Or if they open the door from the inside, it'll just kind of fall and catch their attention. Yep. And then what about wildlife and dogs? Have you ever, I mean, I used to work at UPS. So it's just like, and, and I was a rookie at UPS. So they put me in the hood. So you, you know, you go to get, throw the, I mean, we would throw the package out of the door. You know what I mean? You are, you don't, you don't place it out there. You get, you get within striking distance and you let that thing, uh, you let that thing go. And then, uh, next thing you know, right. here comes the dog around the corner and then you just run. I, my UPS driver was a guy, his name was Kelly. It was a male, but his name was Kelly. And man, he would, he would like warn me cause we'd be in the hood and he'd be like, all right, man. You, like he'd be like prepping me for the worst, <laughs> and because uh, yeah. there's these dogs, man. They a, a lot of times in the hood they get you a good dog to protect you. But man, uh, so anyway, now the now the postcard marketing in the suburbs when you're doing a neighborhood, I, I still have that memory of just being chased by a dog and running for my life and getting in the UPS truck and us <laughs> taking off. Have you had any of those encounters? No, I haven't had any dogs outside. Uh, Every once in a while, you, you'll hear like two or three what seem to be big dogs inside. And as soon as you touch the door to put the door hanger on, they, they hear you. And they just, they, they start barking real loud. And you're like, oh, that's, that's nervous. So you put it in there real quick. Sometimes it falls down while you're running away. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're man. like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother your dog. <laughs> yeah. Now, how many times are you passing out the postcards and then they're actually, the garage is open or they're driving in or have, have you ever had other than the state trooper, have you had any actual personal interaction and how do you navigate that? Yeah. So, um, sometimes, the the customers will be outside, uh, doing something in their yard or, uh, working in their garage. And so instead of just walking up to the door and, and walking away, I'll always, uh, um, just announce my presence and let them know, like, hey, my name is Jason. I'm with uh, Lake Tabs Landscaping. I'm out uh, marketing in the neighborhood today. Here's a postcard. If you're looking for any landscaping services, uh, please uh, give me a chance, give me a call, and I'd like to give you an estimate. And they're like, okay, thank you. And then I move on to the next one. And what about in, I was walking actually in a neighborhood that I'm thinking of start, you know, starting to penetrate here in the next month or so. And I'm just walking through the neighborhood, looking at different yards and things like that. And I was looking at this one yard. I was like, you know what? I don't even want this account. Like if they would call me, I wouldn't even want to do it because it's just so raggedy. And and there's like no grass. It was like all dirt. Cause they had these huge trees with these big canopies and our warm season grass can't grow under there and anything like that. And then I realized, well, I just won't put a postcard in their, in their front door. So have you ever vetted like that where you're like, oh, I know those people and you skip their house or that property's like a, you know, you see dog poop all over the yard. Do you, do you ever skip a property? Uh, so I've skipped neighborhoods. Like I'll, I'll drive into the neighborhood and if the first few that I see are, are no bueno, then I'll just turn around and like, let's hit the next neighborhood because I don't even want to deal with it. Yeah. But like, if you find a good neighborhood, you know this. Like, if you find a good neighborhood, uh, the HOAs demand that they keep the yards pristine. And so, if you get in there, all the yards are already in pretty good shape. They might have a uh, a moss issue in the lawn, uh, which can be easily remedied, or they might have a few weeds in the beds, which isn't a big deal. But uh, for the most part, everything uh, looks like it's been trimmed within the last uh, year. 
and um, you want to hop on that. So hopefully they're they're in the market for looking for a new maintenance, or they're just getting tired of uh, maintaining it themselves because these yards can be uh, a headache if you're having to do it uh, on your own time at night when you're trying to sort out dinner for the family and and whatnot. So why not? pay somebody to uh, take care of it for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then how's things going with pricing? I know you got the old rate increase letter last year and had success with that. Are you doing a better job of actually giving the accurate price, you know, out of the gate now? Do you feel more confident in in making sure you're not selling yourself short with the pricing? Yeah, so uh, it was great. So in the off season when I had that downtime, I went through my – my list of expenses for the last season and I took out the ones that I'm definitely going to be still spending that money for this season um, and found out what my uh, basic overhead was going to be and then um, added in what I wanted to pay myself as an employee of the company um, and added all that into my um, overhead expenses over 12 months and then divided it by a 40 week work week. Um, basically I found out that like on a daily basis, uh, I need to hit that $500 mark. So now I have a minimum mm-hmm. on any, uh, basic pruning or weeding job. I have a minimum of $500, uh, so I'm going to take the job. And then, uh, from there I've used your pricing matrix to, um, clock in and out of my lawn maintenance customers. Uh, so I know which lawns are are making me money and which lawns are uh, in the danger zone and need to be uh, bumped up in pricing. Uh, And for the most part, the prices that I had on my uh, lawn maintenance, aside from that one uh, that I I told you about last year, uh, I've been making good money on those with a solid profit margin. And uh, starting this season, uh, I've doubled the amount of lawn maintenance customers that I have. So I have a full schedule of uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, lawn maintenance, and then Thursdays and Fridays are our landscape enhancements. Mm. Uh, and so the, the lawn maintenance that I have, uh, I just track it with my pricing matrix um, every week so that I know that I'm, I'm doing a good job. And if there's ever a week where like something random happens where, you get stuck on a property longer than expected because you had, you ran out of gas or, or whatever the case is. You got to reload your trimmer a couple of times because it's, it's pretty rocky and you keep, you keep uh, losing string um, or whatever slows you down. You're like, okay, well I took a loss this week, but overall my average, I'm still doing well um, on that property. So uh, even if you have one bad week, you can track it with your, your matrix week to week and, and see what your average time is. And over the course of a season, you can tell if you're okay, well on the average rate on this property, I was missing it by about $5. So I need to raise the rate for that property going forward. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And actually at the top of the pricing matrix. So Jason works 40 weeks a year in that Washington state climate, obviously down in Florida and and even here, you know, here in parts of Georgia, you can work a 52 week. Uh, You don't have to work all 52 weeks, but the the weather's not going to stop you from working year round down here. 
And so you can calculate what you need to earn uh, per man hour and actually type that into the pricing matrix. And then it will actually show you what you're actually earning per man hour, like the actual real number. And then it will show you what the discrepancy is or what the gap is between what, what you're trying to earn or what you're actually earning. And then that can help you better understand, you know, what to charge. If, if you have a similar property, let's say I'm doing Mrs. Smith's yard and it's 4,000 square feet and I see what I'm actually making per man hour. Let's say I'm actually making $52 per man hour for a 4,000 square foot property, but I want to be making $60 per man hour. The next time I go out to quote a 4,000 square foot property, you know, I, I know, I know I got to quote her $60 instead of $50. And so it, it also helps you on future bidding. When you have all that data, you can, you can kind of have a better ballpark of, of what you need to charge coming out of the gate. So I'm glad that it's helping you, bro. Yeah. And then, uh, also like when, when guys are new, this is something that I, uh, struggled with too, um, in the first season was I, I always wanted to ask the question, well, how much should I charge for this? The better question is like, well, how long is that supposed to take? Like how fast are other, uh, companies doing this type of project? Um, and how many man hours are they spending on this screen project? Or how many man hours are they expected to spend on this, this lawn mowing project? And the pricing matrix helps break that down, like you were saying, because you, you track your square footage and whatnot. So you can start determining, okay, well, I can do uh, this many square feet in this amount of time, right? Uh, if it takes me uh, 15 minutes to do 1,000 square feet, then I you can start extrapolating that out when you have to quote a bigger job. And if you happen to uh, realize that by the time you reach a certain point, like at 8,000 square feet, all of a sudden your the time it takes you uh, kind of skyrockets up for some reason because there's a lot more edging involved. Well, then you can start taking that into account. Like, okay, I need to make sure that my uh, my uh, quotes are for properties underneath this uh, square footage and above this square footage. Like, now you can start zoning in on your sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. I just ran five hundred dollars a day divided by eight hour workday. You're at sixty two dollars and fifty cents per man hour if if you work eight hours. That's uh-huh. work. That's working a full full week. So that's that's industry average, guys. Dollar a minute, sixty dollars per man hour. You know that that's kind of for if you're just starting out. That's kind of like baseline. And then if you can overachieve and do better than that, then go for it. It's just uh, cutthroat competition out there. So you got guys that don't don't track their numbers like Jason or myself, and they're just kind of guesstimate and you know they 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 don't make it three to five years, or or they barely get by if there's still hanging on by just guessing on, on the prices. But if you can collect the data then you can really know your numbers. So. Yep. Yeah. I, I thank you for uh, putting that pricing matrix together. It was something that I, I had thought about it in my head. I'm like, how, how do I track these numbers? I know what numbers I want, but I, I couldn't figure out how to put together um, a spreadsheet in order to track it. Um, but once uh, I, heard you talking about this and you put it out on your, your website. That was, I immediately went to your website and purchased that because that's exactly what I've been looking well, for. Well, and, and the it, cool, the cool thing about the pricing matrix and I, I, I didn't figure out how to do this. I had, uh, my, my friend helped me figure this out, but you actually type in 
to the cell in the spreadsheet, 10, 17 a.m. Let's say you get to your customer's house at 10, 17 a.m. And then you leave at 11, 41 a.m. Well, that takes a really good mathematician to know how many man hours you were there, especially, I mean, your, your math is easier because you're solo, but if you have two guys, then it really can get hairy. And if, if it's 92 degrees in Atlanta, the last thing you want to do is be crunching all these numbers and trying to figure out what was your man hours on that property. But all you have to do is type in what time you got there, what time you finished. And a good rule of thumb is when the, when the engine goes off in your truck, that's when you clock in. Then when you're about to put the key in the ignition to leave, that's when you clock out. And then it automatically does the math for you. You don't have to do anything. It, it, you just type in time in, time out, number of employees, and then bam, it shows you what your um, man hours on that property was. And then it runs all the other calculations of, you know, because you put in what you're charging that customer and then it shows you what you're earning per man hour, not just, it shows you both what the man hour is and then actually what you earn per man hour. So it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's come a long way because yeah. my, my first pricing matrix was pen and paper. Thankfully, my friend, uh, we met at Panera Bread my first year in business, and he gave me his pricing matrix, which wasn't a spreadsheet. It was literally a huge like um, table, and it said time in, time out, man hours, notes, and it had like all these things. So it got me in the habit of keeping track of all that, but it was manually and then I had, you know, at the end of the week, I had five or six pieces of paper on my desk and I was, it was just so sloppy and unorganized, but, um, so it's it, each year it kind of got better and better and better. And now it's, it's a really cool, um, spreadsheet. So cool, man. Is, yeah, there, is, no, there, uh, is there anything else you want to share with the lawn bros who are, you know, in, in season one that, that, uh, you're kind of learning on your journey? Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I had, uh, and these are probably experiences that, uh, a lot of the, uh, older, uh, landscapers have gone through and, and I'm sure it, it won't be, uh, the last time that I've had to deal with this, but, uh, I had one, uh, customer, uh, sift me on a job and, uh, it wasn't a, a big job. It was a, a lawn mowing project. Um, he had called me, uh, asked me to, uh, get out there and, and mow his lawn and that he, he'd pay me. I, I do all my billing online through, um, the card on file system. However, uh, because it was only going to be a one-time deal, uh, I was like, all right, I'll just send you the bill and then you can just pay it online. He was in Alaska. He's a fisherman. Uh, and his lawn was, was here locally. Um, well, I, the, the red flags were in front of me. The fact that he needed it, uh, mowed immediately. Uh, that nobody was going to be home. Maybe his son would be there. Uh, I wasn't sure if they knew I was coming or not. Uh, so all these red flags were in front of me, but I was like, no problem. I'll get out there. I'll, I'll mow the lawn and I'll, I'll send you the bill. And, uh, I did it, send him the bill. Uh, it was about, uh, what was it? About $90, uh, lawn mowing because it was a, a bigger property. And, uh, he, he just stopped communicating with me after I sent that, that bill out to him. And I was like, man, what <laughs> this guy just, uh, completely ghosted me after I sent him the bill. I was like, well, not doing, uh, anything like that again. If there's any new customers that need to have a, uh, maintenance done, um, uh, I'm, 
no matter what, I got to send them the link. They put their card on file before I do any, any work for them. That way I can charge the card as soon as it's done. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go, guys. There's th- pretty much every CRM nowadays is is coming out where you can just get their credit card on file. And then you option A is let's say you do the yard on Thursday morning, then you can just charge their card on that day, on Thursday. Day of service, you charge their card. That way you're, there's never a gap between chasing down the money or you could always do prepay. You could give them, you know, you're a 40-week season. Let's say you're cutting weekly. You just charge them for the 40 weeks divided by how many months. Bam, you, you have your nice fat round number that's the same every month and you just charge it on the first of the month and get that in writing. So that's the other way to do it. Either one. Um, we have to make sure we're getting paid the day of service or before the last thing you want to do is have some guy out of state not paying us. And I, I got multiple of those stories, Jason. And, uh, if you've been in this business for any time, you probably have your, uh, stories as well. So lesson learned, man, at least it's not 90,000. I think I watched the Stanley genetic YouTube video one time where he was doing, showing this uh, retaining wall where he got, um, he didn't get paid for a $90,000 job. I think they built it like one foot in the wrong direction or something like that. And then the contractor wouldn't pay him. So at least it was only 90 bucks, but still a lesson learned, lesson learned this year, get the card on file and uh, keep the control in our court instead of them running us around. That's right. And then the, the other thing that just happened to me, uh, last week, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Uh, either way, um, my, I had my, uh, trailer parked out in front of my house and, uh, I had everything locked up with the, the green touch rack, uh, and the blower, uh, that was locked up on the rack. They, they cut the bolts off from underneath and then took the whole rack with the blower with it. So, uh, if anybody's listening, you have, uh, equipment and you have it locked up, even if it's locked up with with great, uh, tools like that, that it's not, uh, non-stealable people. If they want it, they'll grab it. Wow. So, was that in uh, your, in your garage, in your house, or you have a separate storage unit at like a pl- storage place? I have a separate storage place, but, um, I had my truck and trailer all hooked up, ready to go for Monday morning. I, had, uh, uh, left it at home so that I could get uh early start on Monday. And, um, yeah, so they, I didn't have it secured. Uh, right. So it was just parked on the street out in front of my house and, uh, in the middle of the night they went and, uh, unbolted the, the rack from underneath and then ripped it off. So that was the, the bummer, but my insurance paid me back for the cost of the blower at least. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, just one of the things, right, that that everybody kind of has a story like that at the beginning of their landscaping business, it seems like. Yeah, I've made it 10 years, man. I My first blower got stolen when I was on the fall tour. Alberto's back here working, and uh, we had the PB8010 from Echo. And I've told him all, so many times, you know, you, you, you never the, – the, the, so easy. People will steal blowers all day long and sell them, mm-hmm. you know, within an hour or two on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace. And you, you, it's just a lost cause. And he was in the backyard, the blower was in the bed of the truck and, uh, he comes back around and he's looking for it and it's gone. And, uh, 
So you just got to be careful. It seems like blowers, for whatever reason, that they're so uh, easy to sell. I, I feel like that's what the thieves go after first uh, is getting the blowers. Because sometimes the mowers are too dumb to figure out how to operate it. You know, they could have a 48-inch mower. They wouldn't even know how to, how to, how to run the thing. You know what I mean? But a blower, right. you just take it, steal it, sell it. So we got to definitely play offense with uh, theft protection. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. So the, the new, uh, set of plans for me, you know, always, uh, park the trailer no matter what in the storage unit that I have, um, with everything locked up there and don't leave it parked out outside my house anymore, unfortunately, but that's the way it is, I guess. Yeah. Well, that that's the way it is in the land. If you would park a landscaping trailer in front of a, front of a house, Atlanta, that you don't have, that that thing ain't going to last the overnight, man. They'll, they'll rip you off. So right. I know Washington state's probably less crime than Metro Atlanta, but still it, it, it's, it's the reality that theft is on the rise, especially with the economy, the way it is and things like that. So we, we definitely have to play offense and protect our equipment the best we can. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And then uh, I guess the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about too, is the um, signage on the truck. You had the, uh, talked about um i forget who you had on but doing the like the vinyl wraps on, oh on yeah wrap wrap mate yeah so uh the time that that episode came out i had uh actually that day right before i heard you, you talk about rap mate i had gone down to a local place here in uh auburn a uh, neighboring uh, city and uh gotten um my logo is wrapped on the side of my truck, um, which look way better than the that magnet um, sticker that I got from uh, Vistaprint. Mm-hmm. So the just the professionalism uh, increased like tenfold uh, as soon as you get the the vinyl stickers on the on the side of the truck. And then um, over the off season, I got a big sign, vinyl sign that. Um, I hooked on the back of the trailer ramp. Mm-hmm. So when I'm driving around town, it has my name and my phone number uh, and everything. So uh, I was actually parked in front of a, a customer's house waiting for her to get home for an estimate that we had scheduled. And as I was sitting there waiting, I got there about 15 minutes early. Never be late. I got there about 15 minutes early. And uh, the neighbors who were out working in their yards, uh, one by one started walking up to my truck and asking me for estimates on, wow. on their property. So as I was sitting there, cause they could see my truck, I had my trailer with me. Everything was wrapped. All looked really professional. I was in uniform, looked professional. Uh, one by one, I was handing out estimates to everybody while I was waiting for the other customer um, that I had originally scheduled with. So, uh, and I believe uh, two of them, are already emailed me back i think this morning uh and they are going to be signing up for uh weekly lawn mowing maintenance so there you uh, go i was excited that uh that one estimate that i had scheduled turned into potentially three or four customers just because i was parked there with professional signage on the truck that looked great uh everything was clean um yeah so the, the marketing if you're going to spend marketing dollars spend it in places that are going to last a long time. And the, the vinyl on the truck is will last a lifetime. The, the lifetime of the truck 
and then the the signage on the back of the trailer again that will last uh for a really long time how much well. did and you pay jason for the the wrap of the um truck uh i think 180 or 200 dollars. oh really okay yeah yeah that's that's really good so deal. Not, yeah it wasn't expensive at all it's just the the logo and the name i didn't put any extra stuff i kept it real simple mm-hmm. um and i realized this is the reason why i bought the sign for the back of the trailer but i realized after i put all that on my truck it looked really clean looked really nice but it didn't have any contact info it didn't have my phone number or anything on the truck uh and so i was like hmm, i should get another sign uh and put it on the trailer that has my phone number so at least if people see it and they want to just give me a a call immediately they have a phone number they can um grab and, and just call or take a picture real quick yeah uh, i i used yeah. i used to be i went i used to have like a p.o box at the ups store and i go in there uh-huh. one day and i i go you know i go back and get in my truck and i think i went to the gym or whatever and i i get this message and it is this woman and she was like, hey, you know, saw you UPS, thought you were cute, blah, 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 blah. She saw, when I went to get in my truck, she saw my truck because I had my phone number on my truck. And then she uh, texted me. So you just have to be careful. <laughs> it definitely works whether you're looking to get a, a long customer or uh, some lady. She was real pretty too, but I I just, uh, I, I passed on that. She didn't quite have the character, but it was interesting. <laughs> How, how is the the search going for the potential wifey? Well, it's uh, it's it's uh, I'm trying to think how to explain it. It's on pause, I would say, because I have so much going on right now. It, my schedule is just so full. I don't really have margin uh, to to pursue a wife at least this week, but it might be around the corner. You know, sooner than later, I'm hoping, but th- there's not there's not any exciting update at the moment. But I feel like this spring, I just I got a lot going on, a lot, and so the days are full. And uh, I'm you know I, I'm I got that good tired at night. I just fall asleep like before I even try to fall asleep. I like come home and get in bed, and just like next thing I know, wake up, it's the morning. Uh, just just working hard, long days. So hopefully it will be coming soon, Jason. But I, I don't have a you know, an exciting announcement of a wedding date yet or anything like that. I gotcha. You gotta uh, find someone to take to, uh, together in the trades, right? Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Good, uh, good plug there. June 12th, Waco, Texas together yeah. in the trades. I'm the EMC and, uh, Fullerton and, and, uh, Caleb are putting this on and their wives, Brittany and, and Liz. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of uh, divorce rate in this industry because if you're not care, if you don't have boundaries, you can start working 60, 70 hours a week, and then you, you got those annoying customers of the guy in Alaska who doesn't pay you, and we all got those pitas, the pain in the rear ends, and uh, that can stress you out. And the next thing you know, it can affect our marriages. And so, uh, Brian and Liz Fullerton, they don't want that to happen. They want to have a healthy marriage. And Caleb and Brittany Allman, you know, they have three children and a million dollar business and they want to have, and, and I've been to both of these folks' homes. They they care about the family unit. And so they're actually doing a conference on Saturday, June 12th at Chip and Joanna Gaines Place. Um, Friday night, June 11th, we're, we're meeting at the silos there at the Magnolia Place. All day Saturday at the hotel, there'll be an event 
talking about how we can have a strong marriage. And so, yeah, that'd be cool to have a girlfriend by then, but um, we'll see. <laughs> it's pretty soon, June 12th. And uh, the link, I know, it's just right around the corner. Yeah, are you, are you flying down to Texas for it? Uh, unfortunately, I, I won't be attending. Um, my wife's parents actually live down in uh, Dallas area. Okay. Uh, so we were thinking that, that we were going to get down there and be able to visit them and then go to Waco. We've been to Waco uh, once before. Okay. Uh, it's pretty fun to go down to see the silos. Um, but uh, we had a friend um, from California who had already scheduled a plan to come up and visit us uh, that same weekend. So uh, we'll we'll be at home um, with uh, the friend who's flying in. Gotcha. Uh, which will be fun as well. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah, we, we just already had some plans. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um Good, good plug. Uh, together in the trades, Saturday, June twelfth. Guys, thanks to today's show sponsors, Megan and Joey Coberly, Golf Coast Bookkeeping. If you don't have a bookkeeper, and uh, kind of the threshold I like to throw out there is one hundred thousand dollars in annual revenue. If you are above that, you for sure need a bookkeeper. And if you're under that, but you want to have a good foundation and make sure you understand what your profit margins are and and kind of their coaches in a sense because especially joey he'll really analyze how you performed the previous month the previous quarter it's just really good to have that accountability in addition to making sure all your expenses are in the right order golf coast booking is golf coast bookkeeping is who i personally use and uh, highly recommend uh, them for your bookkeeping services and if you're looking for smart rain solutions, you guys are putting in a irrigation system and you want to be able to have all the technology that's available to control this uh, module, check out smart rain. Their website is smartrain.net. We recently interviewed them and it's just crazy the, the way technology is coming along to be able to control the water on a property because last thing you want is to underwater or overwater smart rain is your solution you can find out more at smartrain.net did i cover everything jason yeah all right great yeah cool. absolutely well i really this, i this really is, uh... go ahead no I, I just really appreciate you sharing your story because it represents so many in the industry that are just coming into the industry that this is for hundreds probably thousands this is their first season in the biz and you know i'm, I'm in year 11 and i'm just kind of on autopilot in many ways because i when you do something for a while you just get used to how things operate and it's cool to you know get to hear you know someone's fresh experience of, of passing out the postcards for the first time and getting your first customers and all that it's just it's exciting it kind of reignites a, a flame inside of me so I, I appreciate you sharing your story yeah definitely and i i thank you for having me on your podcast again um to do that and uh it's just great uh, being able to have so much great content out there for for guys like us who, who are brand new into the industry and um to be out there mowing a lawn and and listen to uh, you and brian and, and caleb on on how to do things uh in a professional and, and correct way and uh talking to these other execs from from other uh companies it's, it's just great to be able to uh learn while working on a daily basis awesome thanks for your time my friend yeah thank you
This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.